is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. <laughs> Childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Afternoon, everybody. Hello, hello. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, welcome back to the Mouse's Head. We're here again. Another show, another episode of Diz After Dark, and we always start with I'm Paul. I'm Nick, and I'm the other Paul. And, and that noise you don't hear in the background—that's not Craig. He's driving a train tonight. So uh, yeah, uh, bottoms up and all that lot. But joining us back, we have uh, a, a previous guest. Back on the show again, Russell. How are you doing? Great, guys. Glad to be here. Hey, Russell. Hey. Always good to have someone who actually knows something about Disney. Oh, you just well, just to the show out. Yeah. <laughs> now I know you're thinking. No, it's not Russell Brand nor Russell Grant. Uh, no. <laughs> you're going to finish That's... that, or are you just going to leave? I was, it hoping, I was hoping Russell's going to jump in. <laughs> It's Russell Crowe. It's Russell Crowe <laughs> fighting around the world. <laughs> no. Calling you from my latest movie. <laughs> Parts of the Caribbean 7. He's saying hello from Johnny Depp. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like it's like to hear. Thank you, Drummer. Well, um, well, actually, I mean, this is because I had to explain to my wife today that. You found, um, you found the new catchphrase, even if you have stolen it from someone else. That's, that's actually the setting team today. That's the setting team today I've heard you say that. My wife. <laughs> I was catching up on the episode I missed today. <laughs> I missed say, a lot of naughty I gonna, words. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I don't remember, uh, I don't remember that earlier, but there's every chance. But um, no, I, I said to her that we were having a guest on the show that we've had on before who was an author, and then said, but no, not, not that author. Unless, unless, of course, Russell wants to read some pages from his book in a sexy voice. Yeah. <laughs> or, or are you saying author or Arthur? I could pretend I'm I'm drunk and <laughs> do comedic stand-up. Yeah. Speaking of which, good segue, Russell. It's like a pro of the show. Wow, gentlemen, what are we drinking? <laughs> well, I've I've gone for a non-Disney theme now. Today, today, surprise, I, mean, I can't do that now. <laughs> um, <laughs> breaking news. It's the first time I've been really current. Um. We're going to have a lot, a lot of that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I've not gone for a Disney thing, um, as is tradition, but I have gone for the most English possible beer I could find. Um, I've gone a bottle, and this is recommended by my brother and sister-in-law. So, Chris and Jess, hello. They won't be listening. Um, and this is a bottle of Island Hopper Pale Ale that is especially brewed for Marks and Spencers. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, hang on, hang on. 
actually found the bottle now, opener. Now, also, just for American <laughs> listeners... It goes to the edge have, of the Wedgwood, Wedgwood table. <laughs> we don't have twisty cap bottles on our beer. We have ones you have to prize off. That's the only type we have. And I couldn't find a bottle opener just as we were starting the show. So the fact that I found a very tiny one and it's worked has, uh, has made me feel rather tremendous. So, chin chin. Oh, Mr. D. I've got a World Showcase connection. That's my Disney connection. Yeah. So I've actually, I've actually got a double, a double helping here. I got uh, some French wine, uh, red French wine, and I've got a cup of English breakfast tea at the same time because there was a bit of a, a bit of a conflict in terms of drink scheduling, and ended up with a cup of tea as I was drinking my red wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah, the two are actually next to each other. So as long as there is a small bridge in your garden <laughs> and, and an exit to a boardwalk, you'll be fine. Sweet, baby. Russell, beverage of choice for today. So as we've discussed before, I don't actually drink. I'm usually the designated driver. So I had to really think about this one. And in honor of the 60th anniversary of Disneyland, what most people don't realize is that when Disneyland first opened... Not only were they sponsored by Coke, but they were also sponsored by Pepsi. So today I'm having a Sierra Mist in their honor. Wow, I did not know that. No. Yes. Now, Russell, you realize that since you're the designated driver and you've got to take us home, it's going to take you a long time to get home tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long drive. A yeah. Little, little, and Nick always wants too. to stop at the Kentucky Fried Chicken for a takeaway. Jesus, oh, how I'm, do we all know this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like one of Russell's books, easily read. Hey, <laughs> hey. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> uh. well, my my Epcot connection also comes from the England Pavilion. Um, I've got a can of Strongbow, <laughs> and although you could also say it's actually arguing because it's a cider made with apples, like cider should be. Oh yeah, like, like as is cider. Yeah. None of this Seedler, other cider crap that made one of the fruits. Fruity berry cider. Which, by the way, are still very nice should any of you want to sponsor the show. And if you do want to sponsor the show, there are various ways to get in touch with us. The first way is to visit our website, www.disasterdart.com, where you can email us at podcast at disasterdart.com. I see six minutes in, we're only on item four of the uh, show notes. Uh, show notes <laughs> and we're also on Twitter so you can find us on Twitter at disafterdark facebook.com forward slash disafterdark and we're also on mice chat and I've just realised I'm actually with this wine and tea I'm actually able to give myself a hangover and cure it at the same time this is genius <laughs> <laughs> we've had many good ideas tonight good start good start we're also on Instagram Pinterest and stuff like that and yes I have got show notes in front of me just to remind me what I'm supposed to be saying um, and I've got a big screen saying get closer to the microphone so my audio is better um, but it says episode, the episode season 2 episode 10 with Bart Scott author of Eels of Ears of Steel date Sunday the 2nd of February yeah wow I, I don't update my show notes other than just to tell me what I should be saying and where we should be at any given time. Hey, it's been a long time since we spoke to Bart. Yeah. yeah. Just so you know, my show notes are episode series two, episode seven with Michael Moody, Sunday <laughs> the 15th of December. Doesn't say what year it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing both of those must be 2013. Something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder how many. Somebody asked me the other day, actually, how many what episode we were on now, and I said season three something something. <laughs> because <laughs> the thing is, I've actually lost track now because yeah. of the seasons thing. I, I know where we are. That wasn't kind of deliberate. It was just the fact that we all went on holiday, so <laughs> we had a break. <laughs> oh, and then another podcast said they were having a break, so we took the Mickey and also had a break. <laughs> Not that we do that regularly. Do that deliberately or no, anything like that. Try, try and make jokes um, on the podcast. No. That works well. Although the best joke for tonight's podcast is we can all sit here actually properly in the mouse's head and we can all have an E. <laughs> I've been brewing that one all day. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to that bit in a minute. But in the meantime, Russell, cheers. Yes. Cheers. I... I, I I couldn't think of a better question other than, so why are you here? <laughs> that, that's, that's the limit of my interviewing skills. Oh, they've, they've come a long way then. <laughs> Tell us about your latest project, Russell. That's, that's, well, what, I meant, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> well, my latest completed project was uh, the release of my new book, More Seen Unseen Disneyland, on July 17th, uh, 2015. So I was actually at the park on that day and, and celebrated the release of my new book. Now, the, the next day wasn't so fun because I actually wanged my head on one of the attractions and had to have the nurse come and take a look at it. But <laughs> the, the day the book came out was pretty good. So <laughs> we'll get back to the book in a minute. Yes, head, yeah. head injuries are always interesting to our listeners. And wanged as well because, yeah. to be honest, just, just to clarify this... Um, more for our UK listeners, I suppose. Um, when we use the term wang, it's normally in reference to a body part. <laughs> so I'm hoping that you didn't get wanged in the head, if I'm honest. <laughs> no, no, it's nothing like that. And in fact, well, I may have to include a photograph in the show notes that someone sent me the other day of a, uh, of a late 70s Chinese prog rock band called The Long Wang Project. Oh. Yeah. I know Wang Chung. Possibly. Yeah, I was just going to say, so Wang Chung must have had all sorts of double yeah. entendres for yeah. you guys. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. other than... I was about to say whacking your wang. Other than wanging your head, <laughs> on, on which ride? Or which attraction? A very, very dangerous and high-risk attraction known as Mr. Toad's Wild Road Ride. Well, to, to be fair, it does have the word wild in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. They they fair and square warned me. Yeah, please keep your arms, legs, and head standing up at some point, or just ah. you know, are you are you actually like about eighteen foot tall? Well, what actually happened was uh, a guest had an issue, and they had to emergency stop the ride uh, at at the loading point. Um, so they had to, of course, escort all of us out. And so when the cast member came and got me, released me from the vehicle, we were walking out. I wasn't paying attention, and there was a, a low overhang of part of the, the theming and just caught me right right above my forehead and the hairline. So, bang! Oh, nice, <laughs> that could have been nasty. I mean, you could have croaked it there. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, please don't take us the wrong way, but does that mean you actually got hurt by something that you unsaw? I did. <laughs> Something you, you hadn't seen. Unseen, it was unseen to me and <laughs> smacked me square in the head. Well, at least at but, least we know there's going to be a third volume of your book. Yeah. Even if it's going to be very short. 
I should have got a picture of it now that I think about it, but I was a little distracted. So, but no, Disney was great. They they sent the nurse out. And she took a quick look, and everything was fine. And you know, sent me, on, you. sent me on my way. Laughed for a bit. Yeah. Also, well, you know, security standing there pointing at me, laughing. No, they didn't. They were actually very very nice. <laughs> Uh, that's good though i mean i don't yeah. i mean you know touch wood but um nothing to do with wangs but you know <laughs> I, I don't think any of us here have had a major kind of incident on a ride i think you know we've probably all been stuck on rides and whatnot but no one's actually been hurt on a ride so um none of us have experienced uh what, what you did so it's good to know that if we were in that situation that uh to be looked after really yeah, and I felt really bad because they, they had me stand in the exit of the queue, um, which, of course, then that meant they couldn't restart up the ride until the nurse finished. So I, I was like, uh, you know, let's let's hurry up so these people can get going on their, on their rides. <laughs> cool. So, okay, the new book. How much more unseen Disneyland is there? Uh, there's actually even more than the full book's cover because I actually still have more material, but... Uh, this book is actually one and a half times the original book in size, thickness, I should say. Um, it, they're both still six by nine, but this one's one and a half times the thickness. Um, it was really, uh, there was just so much material, I ended up having to just stop myself because um, this thing could be four times as thick. I mean, the Disney Imagineers are just so imaginative. imaginative? I guess no more Sierra Miss for me. Anyway, um... <laughs> That they, you know, they're so great at adding all of these details and stuff that you could just go on forever and and keep finding these more and more details. So I was really fortunate in this one to get a lot of of help uh, from people, and I, I just I, you know, like I said, I had to eventually just stop so I could get a book out. So Russell, I, now appreciate you have banged your head recently, so you may not be, you know, all there sometimes, but. If this book is one and a half times as big as the first book, please tell me you are charging one and a half times more for this book than you were the first one. No, uh, that that actually was a little issue when I started looking at the printers. Um, it was going to be quite expensive more initially, and so I had to shop around to find a printer. And it, it is more. Uh, the original book was nineteen ninety five, and this one's twenty one ninety five. Uh, to help defray some of that additional cost, but um, it, it's not wildly more expensive. Uh, it, it was looking like it was going to have to be like twenty four ninety five initially, and I, I, you know, times are tough for everyone right now, so I didn't want to to increase the price that much. So I, I really shopped around. I, I'm really happy with the new printer. Uh, the pictures really pop with this new printer. Um, that you know they were they were they're very good with the old one, but I'm really happy with this one because I did some additional work with the. The pictures and uh, it, it looks great. I, I'm extremely happy with it. Did you take the photographs yourself, Russell? Or all of the photographs are mine again, except for the picture of me. Obviously, someone else took that for me. You could have taken a selfie. I could have. Well, not uh, now, if, but not now. Well, I, I, you know, I could do the old because they are allowing tripods. I could have, you know, put the tripod and had the remote trigger or something. But no, I just asked a friend to, to take a picture. I happened to uh, be walking up Main Street one morning, and it was like one of the only times I've ever seen the former Wizard of Bras uh, porch empty. So I uh, jumped up there real quick and had someone take a picture of me. Wow. 
that's, I mean, that, that's quite surprising actually as well because, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure this has been confirmed. But in Disneyland Paris, they've also had the the banning of the selfie selfie stick. Um, but have, in yeah. Paris, they've actually extended it to tripods as well. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm. Now, see, when I first started taking pictures, they did not allow us to bring tripods in. They actually made me take one back to my car at the time. Um, so I was surprised a couple years ago when I started seeing them around the park. So I'm going to have to research that. I'm out there in a couple of weeks' time. I'm going out to Paris for a couple of days in a, in a couple of weeks' time. And the last thing I read is that tripods were still allowed, and so were monopods. Ooh, but that's monopods. because you have to extend them and then set them and lock them in place, whereas with the extendable ones, you just, you know... Well, I'm kind of surprised on the monopod because, in yeah. theory, you could just use yeah. that as a selfie stick. I, I, so. I intend to just to really irritate people. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, if any of us show up in Disneyland Paris um, with the way that we, we react with people, sometimes I think just our presence there will annoy them. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have to worry about selfie sticks. I, I won't be so, wearing any badges. So, <laughs> so I got to ask you guys: badges. Have you ever had a problem with someone with a selfie stick? Well, I have a problem with people that ha- insist on having them. If that's what you mean. If you mean, have I had a problem with being hit by one or anything like that? Uh, yeah. No. Um, I have, however, had people back into me, walk into me, uh, because they're too busy using a selfie stick, but I've not actually been attacked by one. So you're you're actually the first person I've asked that question to that's actually had some sort of incident with them. The the big problem out here in California was uh, people were apparently, from what I understand, losing them on rides or attractions, mm. and that it was causing them to have to shut down the attraction. And you know, like if you lose it on the Matterhorn, that thing's down for you know half hour, forty five minutes, maybe an hour to get it cycled back up. So wow. those those are big hits when someone loses something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, when I talk about that, I mean, uh, that's not actually in the park. Um, the last time, I, I hadn't really noticed it much until my last trip, which was about mm, 10 months ago or so, I think, um, was when we last went to Disneyland Paris, and there was a lot of people using them, but, you, you know, because because they're so out there and annoying, they're quite hard, they're quite easy to see. So it was quite easy to walk around people if you needed to. Um, to be honest, I've got a much bigger problem with iPads. Yeah. During oh, yeah. parades and stuff like that. I mean, one, the picture quality in them is not great anyway. They just get in the way of everything. They just spoil everyone's view. I don't pay to watch a parade through an iPod, an iPad, or an iPhone, or any kind of device that doesn't even begin with I. Um, no, or, just the, or the fact that you can pay however many dollars it is for those glow-with-the-show ears. Or if you've taken your iPhone and iPad, you just hold it up and use it to video the actual fireworks, and they repeat the colours as you go back through the crowd. <laughs> yeah, they, um, I, I, there was a lot of comments about the, the 60th anniversary presentation um, on Friday at uh, 10 in the morning that everyone got all their positions. Everyone was like, okay, I got a good place to see. And then you know, the presentation started and all the cell phones and all the iPads went up and no one could see anything. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the worst thing, I mean, when we were there in August, we noticed how many people had selfie sticks and iPads and phones. And during Wishes, we tried to watch Wishes from the hub and it was just 
you know, it was like a sea of phones, a sea of screens between you and the castle, which didn't really ma- matter and so, until somebody used a selfie kid right in front of us. They put their kid up on their shoulders and then we definitely couldn't see through that. <laughs> so, the, the selfie kid, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I do. I, I, I'm equally guilty of putting my kids on, well, at least one of them. It's quite hard work to have both of them up. Um, yeah, but I do put one of my kids on my shoulders to watch parades and fireworks. But we try not to do it from the front because that would just be stupid. Yeah, I, I used to do that with my daughter when she was pretty small, and then once she started getting a little bigger, I would just hold her so her head was essentially the same height as mine. But yeah. to trying to be conscious of that. But yeah, when when she was like you know three, four, she, she was up on the shoulders, but she wasn't that big, so it didn't add that much height. And, and a couple of years ago, for um, just to be a complete dick, uh, a couple of years ago for Star Wars weekends. We didn't get to the parade early enough, so we were quite a long way back. So I did have a small HD DV camera on the top of a monopod being held above my head like a massive selfie stick. It was a full-length monopod of about six foot, and I was holding it up. <laughs> but I had, I, 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 I had, I had the, view, the viewfinder closed, so it wasn't annoying everyone with a bright light. But the same I mean, thing, yeah, yeah, I'll do that too when like, I'm a... Uh, photographing an attraction or something i'll turn the the viewfinder either off or on on the camera that i my big camera i can actually flip it around so it doesn't show because it's all right having no flash on pirates of the caribbean and you know people can actually stick to that occasionally but when they're using their phones it's as bad as using a flash because the phone's actually brighter oh yeah than the scene and photographing. yeah so what's the solution guys are we i mean the only way i can possibly see a solution because i mean the thing is the reason why people film these things is because they're holiday memories and um you know for that that kind of experience and yeah. a fully high functioning top of the range gopro on a selfie stick is still cheaper than paying for all your photographs in the course of the holiday but i mean what do we think do we think that disney should film each performance they should have like a professional setup to record a performance and therefore you can have access to that that's an interesting thought as discussions go we might have to come to that one at some point interesting thought but yeah with your magic band you were there on this day but a lot of I mean selfie sticks are there to film yourself whatever happened to the good old art of handing your camera to a friend or to a stranger and having a little bit of Disney magic saying can you take my photograph please speaking of uh, fantastic art um, I've just seen on my Facebook page that you posted the Long Fat Wayne Experience, their album cover, and uh, that is a wicker chair. <laughs> that, that, I don't think there's anyone going to be denying there's a wicker chair there. <laughs> it will still be on my Facebook page yeah. after this show goes yeah. out, so it, it, it's fine, it will make sense. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you couldn't. What, whatever happened to the good old days of giving someone a camera? Or is it the fact well, that people are so used to pointing their iPhones and pressing the little red thing on the screen that actually handing them anything slightly more complicated than that? This goes, what? I don't know what to do. The lens points that way. So I don't know. Kept well, going. and there might be some trust issues too now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people still more. Yeah. Let's be honest. 
it tends to be a bigger problem than it used to be, or, or certainly more noted than it used like, to be. Well, yeah, it used to be a case of you could just steal a camera, but now if you hand someone your iPhone, and the chances are it's got the camera on it, and you've probably unlocked it. So while I'm there, I'm just going to, like, frape you. There's another thing as well, and I mean, this is, this is commonplace. I'm, I realise we're going completely off topic, but, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you look now at cameras, um, you know, we, I, I, I think we all remember the days when we used to have film. Yep. So on a film, you could take up to about 30, 30 pictures. 30, 30, well, 36, 38 if you got, got lucky and wound it quite tightly. Yeah, yeah. 36 was about your average. Um, and the thing is, you never knew what those pictures were going to come out like until you developed the film. Buying the film was expensive. Developing the film was expensive. If you went on holiday with four rolls of film, you had to make those count. Now we live in a digital world, which is brilliant for lots of reasons, but at the same time, it means what we can do is take thousands of pictures oh. in the same time that we would have taken less than 100. Oh, I dread to think how much. Because, yeah, the, the occasional Facebook and forum posts, of, oh, I've just come back from my three weeks in Florida, and we took over 2,000 pictures. Yeah. No, no you uh, didn't. You pointed the camera at something 2,000 times. I wouldn't call any of them pictures. And also, as well, how, how often, if, if I've taken, and I'm guilty of this as much as anyone else, how many times have you taken photos at witches, dreams, uh, illuminations, whatever it is, and when you've taken your 30, 40 pictures, yeah. one of them looks good? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But see, the and, and like when, when I do my work, I do that intentionally where I'll take. You know, I might go on a trip and take two, three, four thousand pictures. Absolutely. Just hoping that some of them come out because a lot of pictures are very difficult to get. You know, like the mm. haunted mansion, for instance. So I might, I might yeah. try each each go through. I am, I'll try different settings and hoping that something eventually will work because you know, with the ride or the the ride vehicles moving, the they're twisting. They're, you know, the ghosts themselves are moving, so it's, it gets to be difficult. Oh, so absolutely. on the other side of the coin, it's, it's you know, with, with the old system, you, you'd, like you said, you take a couple pictures and you just hope they come out. Now you can just keep trying and just keep popping. And, you know, unlike other people who post them all, I obviously don't do that. I take all the ones that are garbage and I put them into a different location where they, you know, don't get seen. You know, I don't want to embarrass myself too much, but... Absolutely. I mean, pictures for publishing, you've got to be a lot more careful than the uh, 2,000 photographs brought back by a holiday maker, which, okay, yeah. great. Have have your memories, enjoy your memories, but really, exactly how many shots of the golf ball from around the lake do you actually need to bring back a memory of, yeah, that's Epcot. True. And and the other thing is, is uh, you know, if you do take a picture and it's just a little bit bad... You know, things like Photoshop, you bring that picture right back. At least good yeah. enough for, for home use. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and then I take a video camera as well. So, yeah, I wander around like some sort of news reporter. You, so, you, you take your GoPro and staple it to your forehead and I, walk I, everywhere? There, there's, a, there's a GoPro attached to a really sad chest harness, which may as well say I look like a rapist. <laughs> or the headband one I've got one, I have to wear it on some rides but yeah, I know full well that I look a complete idiot wearing it one on the head, one on the arse yep so Russell, <laughs> going back to, to your book um, what would you say I mean, I know, I know it's, it's probably quite hard but I'm going to ask the question anyway 
what would you say is your highlight of this second book? You know, there's, you know, it's, it's like the old joke. They're all my kids, you know, um, but <laughs> um, there, there's a, I'm, I'm very proud of the overall product. Um, I, I, you know, had more time with this one. Um, I actually, uh, I don't know if you've had him on your show. Have you, have you guys had Jeff Heimbuck on your show? Uh, kind of a cute story author. No, we haven't. Ra- Raleigh Crump. No, um, he, 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 have we even asked, or does he keep just turning us down? I can't remember. Uh, I think I think he says something about quality control. That's it, yeah. Not finding us funny. I'm not, not no, that's not Jeff. Sure. That's someone else. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys should have Jeff on. But anyway, he uh, you know he did kind of a cute story, and he did the new Windows on Main Street book. Um, I was really fortunate enough to to get him to agree to be my proofreader. So I got a twofer with him. Not only you know a good writer. But also someone who really knows the subject matter, so you know we could collaborate a little bit on that. And so, you know, I took that a step further this time. And there, there's just it, it really, it, I'm really proud of it. But one of the chapters, if I had to really focus, um, that I really enjoyed doing, I re- actually learned a lot myself, is the very first chapter on the Disneyland Railroad, where I got to talk with uh, several people, read several books. Um, a couple of the of the guys, uh, like Michael Campbell from uh, Walt's Barn, uh, spent some time answering some email questions and stuff. And so that chapter right there, with with the material that's in there, I, I just really found fascinating. It was really fun to do. There was a lot of you know good stuff that you you see, like like the book says, you see it all the time, but you don't realize what it is. Like uh, when you stop at the stations. Up near the engines, there's these little numbers, and I noticed those for years. And I was like, "What? What are those?" And then I started checking into it and found out they were they were gar- guide numbers for the various engines to let them know where they need to stop, so that everything in the back lines up with the station. Such as you know right. the the people who need additional assistance getting on and off the the train, those ramps have to line up. Well, how do they do that? You know, they don't just roll the dice. They need need a guide for that. It's, it's those kind of things you don't really think about either. That's what makes them so interesting. Is it's, and obviously that's what makes a book so good is the fact that it's those things that you've not paid attention to, you've seen but you don't know what it means. And there's right, you, and, and, the Angela Jones of unlocking these mysteries. Well, and then as you're going around on the track, there's numbers ever so often and if you just see them you think oh well it's just you know theming or something like that those are actually functional numbers that tell them what section they're in so when they're communicating they know they can reference those and they know where they're each talking about so it's just all those little things that you you see and just fascinate me we, we should have a train driver on to talk about this because mm. I'm, I'm sure there are all manner of markings and things on, on rail lines uh, you know Michael Campbell from the from the uh, Walt's Barn. He did the exhibit at the Walt Disney Family Museum, and he's fascinating to talk to. He'd be another good one for you to have on. Um, you'd really enjoy him. Mm. I thought we found our replacement Craig from when he's on holidays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a job, Craig, but you know you're going to need some relief when you're not yeah. here. Yeah, we'll get a book. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So. Go on, if you were to have a rough estimate, how many more books do you think you've got left in Disneyland before we see a seen, unseen Walt Disney World? 
Well, actually, my, my plan right now, I, I originally wasn't going to do a second book, but I got such a, a massive amount of feedback saying, we want more Disneyland. Um, and I had some material left over that I started, I, I did that. The, the book I'm actually working on now, um, not full steam yet, because obviously I'm working on the promotion of this book, but as, as I build up steam is uh, Disney California Adventure. Um, so that one will hopefully be out in, in a year or two. And uh, the Magic Kingdom will be, be next, as long as they keep selling. So <laughs> the fourth book should be on uh, the first book of Walt Disney World. The, the difference for that one will be, you know, obviously I'm here on the West Coast. I, I have more access. We go more often to, to Disneyland. When I do Walt Disney World, I'm going to really have to do a lot of prep work before I ever go because I'm only going to get one or two shots at getting all of the pictures there. So I'm really going to have to work at that. Um, like we were discussing earlier, where you're trying to get pictures, um, most of the time now, you know, I just take my pictures and then go home and go through them. When I go to Disney World, you know, I'm actually going to have to, in the evenings, download those pictures, confirm that they came out, and if they didn't, go back and, and take them again. So there's, there's going to have to be a lot more uh, discipline, shall we say, on those trips to, to really get what I need. That reminds me of journalists. When I've been to... Um I've not done it for a while, but I used to go up to Leicester Square every now and again if there was like a big movie premiere. And what you'd get is you'd get the journalists there uh, or the freelance photographers there taking all the photos of the stars walking red carpet. And then once everyone was inside uh, the cinema, they would be running off to the nearest pub, restaurant, wherever, where they could get an internet connection and sitting there sending the photos over and checking and making sure that they were all good before uh, the, the papers went to press that night. So it sounds like right. a, a similar kind of uh, methodology there. Yeah, uh, yeah. The press, you know, a lot of times it's they're trying to get it into their publisher, you know, for the next day's news. Uh, you know, people think, well, tomorrow's paper is printed tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's paper is actually, you know, almost done now for for most news agencies, and they'll be printing them overnight. Mm. So that if something's happening right now that they want in the paper, they got to get it in right away. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, if you ever decide, well, of course, I'm talking about California. It's real late over there, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it still happened here as well. Still happened here, but um, you know, if you ever decide to um, venture over to uh, our local park, um, you know, I know of uh, three um, elder gentlemen that are also Disney nerds. I, I thought, um, I thought you, you were about to use the word statesman. I was yeah. definitely not not if I'm mentioning You're... if I'm discussing us definitely not mentioning statesmen. Or a bit of a state, let's yeah. be honest. Oh, in that case, yes. <laughs> Which state would that be? Insanity? Uh, yeah. uh, drunken. Disheveled, yeah. <laughs> it's normally how yeah. you find us. And, and, I, and I definitely would like to, to eventually do, you know, like Paris and, and uh, Hong Kong and Tokyo. But again, those ones are probably going to be one-shot deals. If, if I don't get it in the one trip, then it's probably not going to be in the book. Have you um, have you actually visited on that note? Have you actually visited like, any of those parks? I have not visited any of the parks outside the country yet. Okay. I know we. I I, I know my wife uh, would like to go to Paris. Um, you know, we, you know, we've heard the pluses and minuses of the park, but we, you know, we both would like to do that, and we'd is, like it, to get our daughter over to Europe and see that before she graduates high school. Is she is your is your wife a Disney fan as well, or is she just coming over to see Paris, and you'll have to drag her to a Disney park? 
No, no. Uh, she, she's not quite as crazy as me, but uh, let me put it to you this way. We went to Walt Disney World for our honeymoon. So if that tells you, she, she's actually a fan, too. Uh, there is a little bit of tolerance put, putting up with all of my, my nonsense, but she loves going to Disneyland no. also. I, I know the feeling. I dragged my wife to Disney World for our honeymoon as well. Oh, guys, you're so no, wrong. <laughs> right. Uh, is it alphabet time? Well, actually, before we go alphabet oh, time, yeah. me and Paul, and it's only because we said that we were going to do it that I think it'd be rude for us not to do it because, you know, it's not like us to let any of our listener down. Um, but we did say on the last show that Paul had seen Ant-Man. Oh, uh, yes. I yeah. was going to go and see Inside Out. I don't know if anyone else had seen Inside Out as well. No, next week for us. Super. So, uh, with that, I thought we should do just a, a little quick uh, review discussion of uh, of those films. Sounds good. Go ahead. Now, we do know, without even asking him, Paul's not seen any either of these films. That is indeed true. There you go. Never one to let us down. Not at all. Appreciate, appreciate that. Russell, have you seen... I've got to uh, see Mission Impossible 5 tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, it's not Disney. Although I, I am also looking forward yeah. to it. Uh, Russell, have you seen either Ant-Man or, or Inside Out? I have seen Inside Out. I have not seen Ant-Man yet. Okay. Well, you've been busy. So, you know, you've got a good excuse. Um, <laughs> with that, Paul, Mr. D, yeah. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Okay. Um, so, I've seen many of the Marvel movies. I haven't seen the latest Avengers Assemble. And generally, I'm a fan. I'm not the biggest Marvel fan, but enjoyed Thor, enjoyed the first Captain America, enjoyed Avengers Assemble. Um, so, you know, Ant-Man, the trailer looked pretty good. Thought it looked quite funny. Um, had reasonable expectations. Um, went to see it about two weeks ago now and uh, with my wife. And um, she's not the biggest superhero fan, um, but we both really enjoyed it. Thought it was thought it was um, one of the better Marvel movies that we've seen, which is odd because until we'd seen the trailers for the movie, we'd never heard of the character Ant Man. Um, don't know how big Ant Man was well, in, com- of in comic form. <laughs> yeah, I asked for that. Um, <laughs> But I like the way you laughed as if you were just humouring him. (laughs) (laughs) People generally do. I walked straight into that one. Um, So I don't know how big he was in comic form. But um, uh, I just thought it was a a good movie. I thought it was clever, good story, some good humour, I thought. Um, Plenty of action, but not... One of the things I struggle with on some of the superhero movies is just like the action on action on action when you know they're knocking each other through buildings and it goes on and on and on and on that just that just kind of bores me um mm. but ant-man i thought i thought had a good balance of action story character um so yeah i thought it was really good i thought it was um probably the best marvel one i've seen since ooh, iron man one the original one maybe oh okay yeah H- have you seen guardians of the galaxy yet no, no. Well, I know, so, I know you rave about that, and it's on my DVD list. But no, I haven't seen it yet. Because I mean, I, I think, I think this. I mean, certainly from the look of it, and I think the way that they start to lean towards things a little bit more is they're going down that kind of route of how Guardians was because it it wasn't it wasn't as kind of gung ho 
as the other superhero films had been up until that point. It was a lot more comical, uh, probably less action, or certainly like a bigger space between uh, sequences and, and things like that. Um, and just felt like it was it gave that genre a kind of shot in the arm that it needed. And like Ant-Man, people didn't know Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Obviously, obviously, comic book fans knew Guardians of the Galaxy, but if you say to people, name 10 superheroes, they'll name Spider-Man, you know, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Batman, Superman, you know, all the, the kind of big names. Yeah. But Marvel got to a stage where they couldn't make a, a Spider-Man film because they don't have the rights. They can't make Fantastic Four because they don't have the rights. X-Men's owned by Fox as well. They had to think of like the the kind of well, what can we do? What can we use? What have we got the rights to? And that led to things like Guardians and, and Ant Man. And Ant Man actually was conceived when Iron Man One first came out. Mm-hmm. That that's been going for that amount of time now. And actually, the reason why I've, I've not gone to see it, I think, probably more than anything else, is not because it didn't look good, because it did, but because it was for years. Um, a project for Edgar Wright, who did Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and films like that, yeah. and he was on he was on board the whole project right up until, uh, well, just just over a year ago I think, and uh, left after creative differences and a new team was brought in. It sounds like a lot of what he envisioned is still in the film, mm-hmm. um, but I would like to have seen his version of it, and we'll never see that now. So. Without getting everything like that, and the fact that I've got to be a lot more choosy now about the films I see because of the kids, yeah. um, I decided to wait for, for a home release for, for Iron Man. But everyone I've seen it said it's great, and you know, your review kind of backs it up, and it does sound right up my street. So, you know, yeah, I, I think I will enjoy it. Yeah, I, I think you'll enjoy it. it. Yeah. yeah. Good. And I'm well, looking forward to seeing Guardians of the Galaxy. I've come around to that because originally. The uh, the raccoon with a big gun was the thing that put me off, but um, having I'm said a... that, now that I've now that I've seen a movie about Ant Man, um, <laughs> it's hard to be a bit sniffy about a raccoon with a big gun and a t shirt with a <laughs> raccoon tear. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that that, that mash up that's excellent. I did I did buy that uh, for that, you can't buy it now, so I can reveal it without everyone wearing the same t shirt. But there was a rocket raccoon rocketeer mash up t shirt. Um, the other day on a on a t-shirt site, who I plugged, but I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> it was ten, it was ten dollars. It was best ten dollars I spent that day. There's that. I'm sure you can find it. Um, so Russell can help me out with this one, I suppose. Um, I went to see Inside Out. Um, it just came out in the UK uh, just over a week ago now. So this is the second weekend in release. So we got it a little bit after our American cousins. Um, but it's actually been the biggest Pixar uh, opening for a film, and Disney, in fact, actually, um, since, I think, Toy Story 3. Yeah, I, um, I, I saw the, the original concept. I kind of had my doubts. It was like, how are they going to do this, and how are they going to make it interesting? Um, but then, you know, I saw the previews, kind of piqued my interest, and... And I actually really enjoyed it. I, I I thought they did a really well job. Well, I think the thing is, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting point. And if you look back through Pixar history, 
how many times have you seen a concept or heard about the next film and thought, how is that going to work? I mean, they, there was a film that was going to be about a house that was going to have a load of balloons attached to it and it was going to go off and fly on an adventure. That does not sound like it's going to be a good film. There was a film about a robot stuck on a planet alone and there was going to be no dialogue for you know a good 20 minutes of that film. Yep. That does not sound like an interesting film. But then they actually show you what they're thinking. And yeah. that, that brain trust, to pardon the pun, <laughs> they, they have in Pixar is amazing. The, the ideas and the concepts they do, and I think what makes them different to a DreamWorks or you know, a Fox animated film or Universal release is that they, they dare to do something that somebody else wouldn't think of doing. They don't play things safe. Or not, they don't play things safe very often. Mm. I mean, even Toy Story. You, you know, you think about the first Toy Story, you know, the concept itself, could, you know, it could have been a terrible film. In the wrong hands, and if you actually believe the original uh, script for that film, then it was going to suck terribly because the characters were going to be really unlikable. But, you know, they worked on it. They, you know, drove the concept through, changed things as they saw fit, and come with a, come up with a modern masterpiece. And, mo- and that's quite, you know, usual to talk about Pixar films like that. Um, I loved it. I, I thought it was a really good film. Um, got emotional a couple of times. I think probably more so now that I'm a father myself. Um, and the fact that I'm a, a loser. Um, I actually said at the time because the air conditioning was broken in the screen that we were in and I said that I was just sweating out my eyes um, but I later admitted that I'd actually cried a little bit so, someone was cutting <laughs> onions in the cinema that's right yeah. that's right rather than cutting shapes and um, and yeah I, I think it was a really well executed film I'm not I'm not sure yet some people have said you know it's going to be nominated for like you know best picture Oscar it's their finest work. I'm not entirely convinced it is. I think it's extremely strong work. And another example of just how good Pixar are with original concepts. Um, but, you know, really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, well, and like, like so many films that, that do well, it actually communicates on so many different levels. You know, you've got the level of kid and adult, and then you've got, you know, the emotional level, and you've, you've got all these different angles that, you know, attract people. They, they just did a really good job uh, of putting it all together for, for a, pa- you know, complete package. And, and it, what you were talking about earlier with the, when, when things aren't going right, that's the thing with Pixar is if it's not going right, they don't just try and push it through. I mean, they'll take the whole thing essentially and scrap it and start over, you know, because they want it done right. Well, they, you know, they use it as a learning experience. Oh, well, we learned from that. Now let's do the do the real thing. Yeah, they did that with uh, Newt, didn't they? Well, I thought it was a Disney picture, but John Lasseter basically put the brakes on it, and that was about 40, 50% complete. And they just scra- scrapped the entire concept. Newt. Newt. A film about the young girl found by Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. Exactly, and that's why they had to turn themselves away from it because they learned from Alien Encounter that it just wasn't going to uh, work. It just wasn't going to be a good concept. But you know, even even going to that film and you know, slight spoiler alert, possibly potentially, but 
Um, you know, the main, I'd say the main kind of arc in that film is about the emotions of joy and sadness um, on a kind of, you know, road trip of sorts. And I really hated sadness. It really got my nerves. The character of sadness got my nerves. And I thought, what have Pixar done? It, it felt like it was going to be a misstep. And then, of course, you know, towards like the, the, the final act of the film, everything comes together and you realise why you were supposed to feel that way about the character. Um, and, of course, it's, it's toying with your emotions. It's like they're always, I don't know, three, four steps ahead of you. They're just, it's just another level. Um, and, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, it, it comes with, um, well, even the singer Seal, would give that he said of approval. That's how good it is. Excellent. I'd say. So it's good. We're forward to seeing it on Friday. Well, I, I went to see Selfless with Ryan Reynolds and Ben Kingsley. It's not a Disney movie, so don't bother. Well, I mean, no, you can go and see films that aren't Disney. You're going to see Mission Impossible. That, no, that looks I, quite good, but yeah. Selfless looks shit. Yeah, just, Sorry. Don't, just don't bother. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's drop an E. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, I don't know who wants to go first. But you can, you can, because I, I, I reckon we're going to double up here because we, yeah, there, there are a few E's to choose from. Well, E's are good. E's are good, of yeah. course. Um, so they've been E's are good, but so but, uh, on uh, my picking, because um, I'm the boss. Uh, you can go first, Nick. Well, I'm not actually going to go first. Oh, you're handing. That's a rebellion. Are you no. handing over the honour? It's like a no, go- no, no. It's like well, a bizarre golf game. I am, but I'm actually handing over the honour to somebody who's not here tonight on oh, the show. Okay. Before I do, Russell, yes, sir. are you aware of, of this little game that we're playing at the moment? Oh, yes. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, some, some people don't... Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I always want to sort of go over to you, but um, we actually had a response back from Lewis Sutton, who on the last show asked us a question that we discussed in yeah, detail we about who. dining plan. And he come back to us and thanked us for the advice and actually has made his decision um, and he's not going to go for the uh, the enhanced uh, dining plan. For, for which good we apologise, Disney. But good call. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also asked us our opinion on Vegemite, but I've, I'm a Marmite person. I've never tried Vegemite, so I can answer that. But he did say that his E for this week's show was Eurostar. Okay. And yeah. he said, the reason why, in my opinion, this is a fantastic way to go from uh, my favourite city in the world, London, to my favourite so far place, Disneyland Paris. You literally get off the train and you are straight into the magic. Also, you can drink on the train so you can arrive slightly buzzed. So it even appealed to our good nature on the show <laughs> as well. Just good luck getting through the tunnel at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm guessing he, you know, Australia's probably not buzzing about the migrant crisis in Calais. But, I've, I've, I've started investigating my private pilot's license so I can actually just fly straight down there and avoid any method of getting across the channel. <laughs> After this weekend, I'm not sure that's the greatest idea either. <laughs> um, unless you're, you know, with the Bin Laden family. I wasn't involved in that at all. I deny it completely. Of course. Um, so, uh, but thank you very much for, for letting me go first. So that was for Lewis. But my E, yeah. slightly tenuous. All right. Captain EO. Yeah, yeah, we're we're forgoing rank for the name. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sure at one stage he was just EO. Yeah, the attraction may be called Captain EO, but you know, at, at, um, so, at some point he was just Private EO. Yeah, 
Just like Private Benjamin. Um, Did you know Captain EO was at one time the most expensive film uh, ever made based on on the length of it? Yeah, per minute. Per minute, yeah. Dollar dollar per minute. Is that because it cost that much to get the various stars because they they thought that highly of themselves that they rated themselves? Or is it the fact that the special effects at the time? Well, I think you've got to look at a, a couple of variables. First of all, Michael Jackson. Yep. Um, I don't think Angelica Houston um, added that much uh, to the, the, the price of the, the casting, um, nor did a young Doug Benson, fellow podcaster and comedian as a dancer. <laughs> I don't think he added too much to it either. Um, but, you know, you've got to look at Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. He was involved. He wouldn't have come cheap. George Lucas, of course, also would not have come cheap. The special effects, as you say, were at the time, you know, pretty groundbreaking. And it was filmed in 3D, which, again, at that time, you know, it wasn't like they could just pick up a 3D camera and go film it. It had to be filmed in a special way. Yeah. And what I think is even more amazing is the fact that it's, well, it's still on in the world, in a Disney park, where it soon will be, because it's returning to Epcot quite soon. It's going to be reopening. Um, And I think... It's only ever been shown um, outside of a Disney park once, and that was on MTV about 20 years ago. Hmm. Interesting. It's been shown once on, on normal TV in 2D, and, that, and that's it. Otherwise, you had to go to Disney Park or a crappy YouTube feed to watch it. Yeah. Cool. cool. Tell you what, Russell, you can go next. Okay, so... I was thinking about this, and I came up with one of my favorite places to shop, the Emporium, which both Magic Kingdom and Disneyland have. And and I think there is uh, an Emporium in pretty much every Main Street, in every park there is where there's a Main Street. There definitely is in Paris. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, Yeah, and, and they have... Uh, some at least the one in Disneyland, uh, you know, has some unseen artifacts in it, and it, you know, if if you're looking for a place to grab that last minute thing, you know, they have the biggest hodgepodge of everything. So, and do they also sell self-published books in there? Uh, the only non-Disney book that I'm aware of was uh, Steve Bartlett's uh, Hidden Mickey books. You haven't managed to shoehorn yours in yet. Yeah, I'm not thinking that Disney's going to pick that up. They have a lot of good writers <laughs> on their staff. <laughs> I, think, I think they're doing pretty well without my work. Um, they do have a few books. Like like if you go over to Off the Page, they, they have a few things that are done by either former cast members or uh, people who are not related to Disney. But yeah. they, they've got a pretty good stable on themselves. Although yeah. I would love, obviously, to be uh, featured even for a day at, at one of their uh, stores. Yeah, they they do sell other books, so don't they? I mean, they've got like Kingdom Keepers I've seen in there, and um, like Disney biographies. Yes. So yes. Uh, hey, get get in there. They just need a bookshop on Main Street. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of funny because I actually did take a picture of one of their book stands one time and and spoofed my picture of my first book onto it. And you know, of course, I was real. I, I made sure people knew that wasn't real because otherwise people would be going, "I went there and it wasn't there." But um, it must have sold out. <laughs> it's that popular. Yeah, that's right. But uh, you know, it was it was fun to to play around like it was there. 
It reminds me of, um, it, you know, I'm thinking of a slightly J.R. Hartley kind of campaign of trying to just ask people when they go to Disney Park, have you got Unseen seen Disneyland? Unseen Disneyland. Yeah. 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 I, I just get other people to ask like that. Until they get services. Yeah. yeah. We'll push it virally somehow. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Mr. D. Uh, I've gone for a character. I've gone for Esmeralda. Oh, Esmeralda! <laughs> From the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Not not to be seen too often around the park. No, no. Has, has she even made it into the princess stable yet? I don't think so. She's, I, I know she's, she's not, but... Yeah. yeah. She's a gypsy, so I don't know if she's a gypsy princess, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, reason why I chose Esmeralda... Um, because when we first went to Disney, there was actually a Hunchback of Notre Dame show, live action show, yeah, in the studios. Yeah, whereabouts was it? It, it was, was right up the top end, uh, kind of where that new Frozen sing-along is, somewhere up yeah. there. The, uh, oh, I forget what the theatre's called now, it's not the Galaxy Theatre, that's the one yeah. in Magic Kingdom, isn't it? Uh, but it was a great show, and a and, um, little bit of a soapbox, I guess. Sorry, Nick. Nope. Um, but... Before the show, they had uh, like a juggler who would go around the audience, and it was pretty uh, edgy for Disney because this guy would juggle uh, like cleavers, axes, big knives, bowling balls. This guy was amazing; he was really good. And um, the soapbox really is just a lack of live, original performances in the parks. There used to be quite a few in each park, quite a few different live performers. Like before the Beauty and the Beast show, there was a little, um, like an a cappella group uh, called Five for a Dollar, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were great as well. So, come on, Disney, bring back some of the original interactive human performances. Get, get some entertainment for us. Yeah. How does it make you feel, Paul? It makes me feel slightly bad. <laughs> what about, what about, oh, I, I take your point. I take your point, but what about those guys with the uh, water and paintbrushes that draw pictures? Yeah, they're yeah, excellent. They're life. What, cleaners? Yeah. No, the ones yeah. that draw the pictures. C- custodials. Yeah, I, I mean, there, are, there is still live entertainment, but there used to be a lot more, and it was, it was good. It was the thing that made it special, because the, the attractions are pretty much the same every time. They're great, but they're, it's a similar experience. You go on test track, it's a similar experience, but... The live action stuff, the, the the people, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. Every time's a little bit different, right? So that's my. I'm done. <laughs> and, and in case you didn't notice the seamless link there, I'm about to give it away. Um, yeah, my recording card ran out of memory. <laughs> oh, trade secret! Did it? Look, we're nothing if if not we're painfully honest around here. Yeah, we're painful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so few times. Wait, something happened? <laughs> yeah. Russell no, so literally just went outside, yeah. get a breath of fresh air and come back in. So my Z is zebra domes. Is that everyone except me now? I can't remember. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or, or did Russell go before? Yeah, Russell went before, Paul. And then, yeah, okay. <laughs> <sighs> it's only five minutes later, but I've had a drink. Um, okay, so that left with my E, which was... Gone. 
I wonder what your I wonder what your E is going to be. I wonder what my E is going to be. Like I said, uh, like I said, and no one else heard because we weren't recording it at the time. But everyone else gets it repeated. Um, yeah, my daughters wouldn't forgive me if I didn't go with Eeyore. Eeyore? That's a, what? Oh. Eeyore? You lot of shit. Didn't, <laughs> didn't see that coming. <laughs> Marty, we must have got up to 77 miles an hour. Eeyore. You all gets and I hate you all. To be fair, Paul, the first time, the first time I ever met you in person... Uh, I believe your daughter was dressed up as Eeyore. Actually, yeah, you're right. At the, uh, yeah, at mouse meets. I think one of them was Eeyore, one of them was dressed as Tigger. That's right. That's right, yeah. I remember yeah. that. And, yeah, several years ago, their costumes are far too small for them and they still try and get into them occasionally. <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, yeah, the Eeyore cuddly toy she's got, uh, yeah, we we bought on our honeymoon, so it's older than her. She she took a shining to it instead of any other cuddly toys and has chewed its tail. Um but, well, to be, but to be fair, Alice did the same thing with Dopey. We like Dopey was a, exactly the same thing. So what you didn't hear the first time, listeners, yeah. is that Paul went into more detail and basically said that you tried a few different toys and Eeyore was the one that uh, she got attracted to Indeed. and, you know, plays the tail and stuff. That's what happened with Alice and Dopey, where all she, she doesn't, she's never had Dummy or Pacifier, um, but when she goes to bed, she goes to bed with Dopey um, sucking on his nose because yep. the good thing about the company sort of dopies he's got quite a big nose um and she's got three different dopies you, so you, we can you, make sure she's always got a clean one yeah, to, we, to we, sleep with we made the fatal error obviously of not planning for the future yep. during the honeymoon and only buying the one mm. and even managing to find like a legacy eeyore on ebay somewhere at a stupid amount of money <laughs> has now been slightly better looked after than something that has been kidded for the last eight years. On the, going back to costumes, by the way, I saw the most amazing children's costume today in a Disney store. I'm guessing this is in the, in the US as well because we all have the same merchandise. But what do you normally buy for your your, your girls um, if they're going on a Disney trip princess from a Disney dresses. store? It's princess, princess dresses, yeah. right? Okay. What princess dress did I see today? Pocahontas. No. Leah. Princess Leah. Princess Leia. Yes. They Get have now there. done a Princess Leia episode four white dress costume for young girls. Marvellous. It's about 30 quid. It even came with the wig. Got the buns? The buns. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I looked at size. it. I never, I, I, I was so, so impressed because you're so used to the bells and auroras and Cinderella's, and that's all great because that's Disney princesses. But you know, you know, whether you like it or not, Princess Leia is now a Disney princess. Mm. And to have that for kids, I just thought was was beautiful. Indeed, yeah. indeed. They don't do it in adult sizes, do they? <laughs> Um, not not in that particular. I think Anne Summers do a range, but, but that, um, that, that's mainly the Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yes, oh right. yes. No, you're quite right. Not the episode four. Um, <laughs> I believe. I believe uh, it's almost time. It, it is. So one yes. thing we do need to do. Um, we've talked about your book, Russell, and it sounds yes. brilliant. But if people have listened, have gone to main street and ask for a copy of your book and found that they don't sell it in main street at all on disney property 
where can they find your book? So the two places, well, there's actually three. Either one of my personal appearances, like I'll be at the D23 Expo in a couple weeks. Good plug. Uh, booth C2006. But for, for regular trying to get a hold of it, it is available on Amazon. Um, this time we did, a, did it as a fulfillment by Amazon. So the stock is in their warehouse. Uh, they do fulfill the orders. Um, they do all the work for us. Um, but just so people don't get confused, when you sell it that way, it doesn't have the add to cart button. It has that where you, you know, see buying options and it looks like it's another bookstore. If you see the bookstore said books, that is me. That, that is my, my book being sold by me through Amazon. Um, it comes from their warehouse, brand new books. So just don't get confused by that. And then, of course, they can go to my webpage, uh, Sudbooks, S-U-D-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And there's a way to order it there. Uh, it does cost a little more than Amazon, but you can get it autographed that way, too. Russell, nice. which one generates you the most money? Um, you know, it's kind of a tie. Um, if I actually haven't looked that specifically. I, I imagine... Probably buying it directly from me gives me probably a buck or two more. Um, well, I think we're but, uh, like I said, it now. costs it costs well, the customer a little more too. So uh, you know the the most economical way is to actually buy it through Amazon. So look, if you want to, and you're going to want to buy the book, that's obvious. But if you're going to want to buy the book, buy it directly. Um, it makes you know this man a few dollars richer which is always great um but he'll appreciate it if you just buy it from amazon because it's easier um i think the important lesson here is just buy it <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's pretty much it one way or the other yeah, yeah. um and if they want to follow you are you on twitter uh i am on twitter i'm at seen unseen d i'm on facebook as seen unseen disneyland and a friend of mine convinced me to start playing around on Instagram, so you can find me there as Seen Unseen Disneyland also. Uh, next stop, Periscope, but not yet, people, so don't get too <laughs> no excited. No one wants to watch me washing dishes and stuff. Cause <laughs> 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 I, I've actually thought, toyed with the idea of maybe uh, when I ride an attraction or something to do it, but uh, I, 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 I do follow a couple people, but I'm, I'm not on Periscope yet. Yeah, you can just watch our couple ones instead. Not Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Russell. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a dangerous you, ride. You gotta, you gotta focus stick. on that one. If if you yeah. actually go to Instagram or Facebook, you can see a picture of me of about an hour or two later being escorted back to ride the attraction again. Actually, it's officially a ride, so we can call that one a ride. But um, so a friend of mine, Tommy Picks, actually made me go on the ride again. You know, because you got to get right back up on that horse. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or that car. <laughs> or that car. Marvellous. Well, in that case, um, thank you for coming on again. Thanks, thank you for having me, guys. It's been a blast. Uh, and and any time in the near future, or, episode, or version three of the book. Yeah. Back on. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to. You don't need to write a book just to come on. You're nope. always yep. welcome. But yeah. obviously, any time you do, give us a knock. Yeah, we'll let you. I will. Brilliant. And we, we can be found. We can be found. Like you can. We're, we're over here. Yeah, like you can. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure some people might do. Just stop many. Uh, www.disafterdark.com is our website. And you can email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. And on Twitter at disafterdark, facebook.com forward slash disafterdark. We're also on macechat.com. YouTube, disafterdark podcast, uh, Instagram, Periscope, sometimes with Nick. Yeah. 
There we go. Um, on that note, I, I find the other button. But thank you very much, um, Craig. Uh, hope you enjoy the show. Have a good listen. And uh, we'll see you all in a fortnight. <laughs> yeah, not, not any of the other people that might listen to this show. Just the one person we know definitely will. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, 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 and Lewis. We've had it. We've heard evidence that Lewis listens. Vicky yeah. listens. But yeah. That's, that's probably about it, but thank you. And Russell listened to us, because yeah. he knew about this. So, Russell, thank you very much for joining yeah. us once again. Indeed. Thanks, Russell. Indeed. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, uh, dear listener. Um, stay in contact with us. Let us know how you're getting on. And if you ever want to come on the show, it's just easy to drop us a note and come on. We can always do with more guests, whether you just want to come on and talk rubbish with us. Oh, great. Josh Gillespie's going to be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> we know he listens occasionally as well alright <laughs> fantastic gentlemen thank you very much see you all very soon growing older is mandatory growing up is optional this after dark the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others you know I think the ironic thing is that we called this after dark by the time we recall the show it is after dark here in the UK, it but it normally is bright sunshine still for our guests. <laughs> oh, no, 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 now you're destroying the uh, illusion. Yeah. <laughs> Cave Avers and <laughs> Have we maintained one? I'm looking at the Princess Leia outfit. I don't blame you. And, and we're nearly out, but I just wonder how many American listeners we have that actually have no clue where that closing music comes from. I don't know which outfit Russell's actually looking at right now. Yeah. The Princess Leia <laughs> cos- costume. Yeah, but which one? Just, just, on that note... <laughs> on, <laughs> on that bombshell. On that bombshell. <laughs>